0: everyone welcome to episode 151 of the n focus podcast i'm your host andy corrigan with me as always is andrew brown hello and Tori wasana hello and it occurs to me Tori, that the other week you joked that we should uh, contrive to make sure that our pokemon snap episode fall on 151 and it's accidentally <laughs>
1: worked out that way <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna bring it up yeah yeah
0: uh so yeah uh, a nice celebration even though i don't think the numbers match but okay that's fine so yeah this week we're going to talk about a uh, new pokemon snap uh we're going to talk about ollie ollie switch dance and we're going to talk about risk of rain 2 the third person roguelike looter shooter uh so with that we've got no previous updates i don't think we got no pressing news uh but we do have the things we've been playing so we'll just get right on with those things <laughs> Okay, I'm going to start. So uh, at the end of the last episode, uh, with all three of us, we we all decided we were going to play Ollie Ollie, And, you know, everyone started it, but I was the only one playing it come the end, I think. Uh, Tori, you had problems on the the Switch Lite with uh, the button presses not feeling right?
1: Yeah, it felt really out of time. I could not handle it. (laughs) I tried, but... (laughs)
2: Uh, and andrew you you just weren't feeling it i don't think i just did not like it like you know it's not true of every video game but i like the video games that make you feel effortlessly powerful and ollie ollie i just felt like i was flailing and barely achieving competence so uh, (laughs) between in in the spectrum of skateboarding video games i'll take tony hawk over this any day thank you very much (laughs) Uh, so I, I beat the
0: first one, uh, I'll qualify that in a minute, but um, I played it originally on the Vita uh, and I had a lot of fun memories of it, but I never finished it on the Vita, uh, certainly not even in the loose phrasing of the term as I'm using it now. Uh, so Oli Oli is a, a side-scrolling skating game where the controls are fairly simple, so as you're skating along you press the uh, B button to speed yourself up, you can do that twice to hit top speed. You ready a trick using the left stick by pressing a direction, and you hold it until you want to jump, uh, and that's when your character will leap in the air. Um, You can also move the left stick in like quarter circles, half circles, to to do more impressive tricks, but you won't get a good score from any of your tricks unless you land your timing with the uh, B button. Literally as you touch the ground. So for me that was the hardest mechanic to get used to. Even second time of playing it, it it took me a while and uh, my way that I I worked through it was just hit the B button as late as humanly possible. That seemed to get me perfect or sick ratings most of the time so that that helps me a lot. Uh, You can also grind where you hold the left stick down just before you land on a grindable piece of uh, level furniture. Um, if you time it well enough and get perfect you'll get a speed boost from that and like after a certain point especially in the first game it just becomes uh, grindy grindy rather than ollie, olly and it was at this point where I started taking it from it being a side-scrolling skateboarding game to being a side-scrolling platformer um, which I feel is a better description of what the game is even even though that probably doesn't make a lot of sense when you look at it you basically have to time those grinds perfectly for the speed boost or you will not finish any of the levels after the halfway point like it, it's literally a reaction platformer not least to that is because of the progression structure um so the only thing you actually need to do to beat a level is get from point a to point b uh where you uh reach your adoring public at the end who are all cheering you on and they're all dressed thematically appropriately appropriately for the level or the theme of the level that you're in. So you could just do that, not do any tricks or anything, and you can beat every level that way. However, a little bit like Tony Hawk's, each level has five stars that you can acquire by meeting the different requirements that it asks of you. So some of this could be getting all the collectibles in a level. Some could be uh, grinding on certain elements of furniture. So there's a, a Russian army base level where you have to get all the helicopters. That's kind of fun. And then when you get All five stars in a level then you unlock the pro version and that gets a lot more difficult and if you beat all those then you get the rad levels which are even more difficult so some of those uh, five star challenges are incredibly difficult and uh, sorry to say some of them were beyond me so I I was not able to complete this in the truest sense of the word but I definitely made it through all the the standard set of levels uh, and I'm treating the pro ones as you know optional challenge levels so uh, yeah, that that that's my little mental workaround to get me around the fact that I haven't seen everything there is in the game. Yeah, the good the good thing with the challenges though is that most of them don't require you to finish the level uh, to count as being unlocked. So if you hit the target high score, then and then you fall on your ass, then. That challenge is still completed that's a quick rundown of ollie ollie um i i still enjoyed it the more challenging stuff is is beyond me and i, I don't think i really have an interest in in going through that um but yeah it's it's definitely a better thing to think of it as a precision platformer than it is a skateboarding game especially with that uh the lack of a need to actually ach- achieve anything of a high score or land those tricks it's it's not not essential uh also included in this version because this is a uh, Oli switch dance which is a release of uh, the first game and the second game so Oli Oli 2 is pretty much more the same but also a lot uglier uh not a fan of the art style in this one compared to the other um kind of looks you know if i'm being disparaging and um it, it looks kind of like a flash game uh, like that—that's what you're dealing with. One of the things it does do better, though, is the uh, signposting about what everything in the level does. The, like the first set of levels, which are set in Hollywood, uh, scalable terrain is yellow, grinding is blue, hazards are red. Uh, they change that up as you get through the different um, areas, but. You know, it's it's still a lot easier to read than the base, than the original game. Uh, there's a couple of new elements. So they, they've added launchers, which are like slight ramps. So if you if you time the release of your trick at the right time, it will give you a massive uh, jump and a big boost. Those become essential again for some of the later levels. Uh, And they've also added a thing called manuals, which is just a way of helping you uh, keep your combo going, even between, you know, like trick areas. So what happens is you'll land, you'll pull uh, pull back on the left stick and tap B to plant your back foot and you'll basically ride with the front of the board up. Uh, and that just extends your combo until you hit the next trick. Now, Oli Oli 2 does get a lot more difficult, so I'm I'm stuck at the moment on the penultimate level of the uh, the amateur levels, and this requires you to hit three boosts, get all your grinds on perfect so you can keep boosting, and there's this, this one section I cannot nail, uh, where you are going under spikes with a higher roof, and you have to end your grind, start a new mini grind and get it perfect to continue the boost to carry on further do it again and then there's like an impossible set of steps after that just haven't nailed it i spent most of uh, last sunday on it uh, and i haven't felt the need to go back yet so uh, yeah uh, all the early two does feel especially in the later levels a bit more obnoxiously difficult than the first one so yeah that's that's about it that's that's the double pack uh i got it on sale for about five bucks uh i i think it's decent value my advice is yeah think of it as a platformer rather than a skate game um because it, it's not all about hitting fancy tricks and and getting the perfect landing as long as you can
1: get the, to the end of the level you know
0: you, you'll you'll make progression assuming you two have no interest in going back
1: to it no it i could not land the um the landing it just wouldn't do it. I I tried all sorts of timing, I did it sometimes and then I tried that again and it wasn't consistent. I don't know if the calibration was off on the Switch Lite or something?
0: I I had a thought about the buttons being spongier on Switch Lite, but Mm. um, I haven't had a chance to download it on on the Lite to test it. Uh, I was playing uh, docked with Pro Controller.
1: Maybe I'll try that before I come to any final conclusions, but on the Switch Lite I mean I play a lot of rhythm games as well so it's mm-hmm. not like I'm bad at timing it's just mm-hmm. it did not feel right
0: Don't remember there being any calibration settings either that I can remember
1: It tells you to make yeah. sure
2: your game your TV is set to game mode mm-hmm. My Switch Lite's not set to game mode I guess
0: <laughs> You would think the screen would be set <laughs>
2: You would think for the best thing
0: for the you know for gaming but <laughs> Who knows?
2: The timing on the landing felt really early to me. I could do it, but it felt way earlier than it should have been. Yeah, that's
0: that's weird because uh yeah, I was going as late as possible and it was
2: landing. And I played for over an hour and not once did I feel like I was having fun, so I just quit.
0: That's fair. And also totally a valid thing to do. People, don't don't feel like you need to struggle through something you're not enjoying. Uh, just to have completed it which is a lesson i've only just learned in recent <laughs> in recent
2: years oh if i was actually making forward progress i would have kept going because the game isn't that long mm-hmm. but i also was not making progress fair enough
0: uh so yeah that's that onto one difficult sounding game to the next uh risk of rain 2 is a looter shooter roguelite uh which by default should make it fairly difficult i guess Uh, Tori, you've been playing that. This is one I've definitely had my eye on. Haven't pulled the trigger on buying it yet, but uh, how are you finding
1: it? So this is a game that I've already played on PC for about 50 hours. So a lot of my experiences will be the Switch port specifically and what I've played with the PC port, which was a lot. (laughs) Um, So roguelite is probably the easiest way to call this. Um, You start off with a character called the Commando. He just has... Two pistols and a, a bunch of abilities that include like a dodge roll, a rapid burst of bullets. Uh, he's basically your tutorial character. You crash land on a planet, and your goal is to survive. Basically, um, you get launched into each level, and the ultimate goal is to find the teleporter to the next level. And if you want to, you can immediately beeline for that teleporter and continue. But what the game really wants you to do is to take your time to kill some enemies. Um, The enemies will just continue non-stop until you leave the level. Uh, When you kill enemies, you get money, and there are containers around the world that contain items that will increase certain abilities. These abilities can change the way that you attack, or the way that you move, or they can do defensive or uh, attack boosts. It's all done in a way that There are multiple characters that you can play in the game that you have to unlock with specific scenarios. And these items will all work relatively well for all of the the characters. Some characters will kind of benefit from certain abilities than others. Uh, One of my favorite characters is called the Loader, who if you've ever played Overwatch, he basically plays like um, Doomfist and it's just punching. There's no guns at all, (laughs) but they also give him a... Grappling hook, so you can hook onto enemies. You can hook onto the world, and you can swing around. So typically, what I like to do is because it's a close quarters uh, uh, character, you can try and focus on finding items that will damage a whole bunch of enemies that are close together. There are items that uh, like do arc lightning, where you punch one enemy and or arc lightning onto enemies around it, or it'll ignite other enemies. None of these items will really overwrite another one. You can just continuously stack them and you can become a beast. But the game doesn't become easier in you doing that either. Um, the longer you take in the game, the harder the levels will get. There's a little meter in the top right that will kind of slowly scroll as time goes on. It'll start at easy, and the medium, then hard, and it'll end up in ha 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 for infinity. <laughs> it's um it gets really tricky it'll just continuously get harder and harder so the longer you take on each level it's a kind of risk and reward scenario Mm -hmm. um you can take as long as you want on these levels but it'll amp up the difficulty for the later levels because you're taking more time um i always liked that that um you can skip all the levels and get no items and it'll be easier relatively speaking but those later levels are still scaled in a particular way where the enemies hit harder or the enemies are just really tough. It's just, it's really satisfying to get a whole bunch of items. I love getting the movement items. There's one that increases your sprint speed and you can just continuously stack it. I don't think there's an upper limit. (laughs) Um, There's a item that gives you an extra mid air jump. So every one of these, I think they're called hopu feathers because the developer name is Hopu Games or something. Mm-hmm. So every one of these feathers that you have, that's an extra mid-air jump that you have. And I've stacked it up to something like 10 or 20 before. Uh, and you, you get that speed up, you get that jump up, you, you're untouchable, but then if you get touched once by an enemy, you can die. Uh, there's a lot of one-hit kills in this game that really rely on you not getting hit. Uh, one of my favorite things in the game is the teleporter events. So... Once you find the teleporter, you hit it, it has to charge up, and while it charges, it spawns a boss and a endless wave of enemies. It only charges the teleporter if you're in a certain um, radius of the teleporter. So sometimes it's out in the open and there's no cover, uh, and the boss has just clear line of sight on you. So it's in your best interest to, you know, hide from the enemy, but that might mean leaving the teleporter zone and it doesn't charge. And that's just going to make it longer for you, because then when you go back and defeat the boss, you still have to touch the teleporter and there's a lot of enemies and elite enemies that have certain properties like burning and and ice and the like. Yeah, it's, it is difficult though. There's a very high skill ceiling to it. I've, I believe they've added an ending to it now. There are a couple of ways to end a game without dying hmm. or you can just continuously just keep playing and playing and playing until you die. Either way is valid. There's an in-game achievement system as well that unlocks more items, so it just widens the item pool. I guess that's the kind of overarching uh, progression system in the game. Uh, It can be, you know, defeat a certain amount of enemies in this time or do a teleporter event without being hit or taking damage. And it means that any runs that you do after that, you're going to have potentially a bigger arsenal, uh, more items that can help you with your attack, or your dodging, or your defense. And it means that every playthrough, there's probably going to be something new to to look forward to. I mean, even if there isn't something that you unlock between runs, there's always that feeling that every run is going to feel completely different. There's, There's so many variables in the game, both in the player and the enemies and the levels. It's really fascinating. As for the Switch port specifically, they've added gyro aiming, which is a huge boost. It works really well. Um, It turns off when your character is sprinting, which is a huge plus. It means that if you're sprinting and you're you're kind of wobbling your controller, it's not going to give you motion sickness. Mm -hmm. It dipped a couple of times when there were a lot of enemies on screen, but not to an unplayable level. Uh, It is something to note though. I played it mostly handheld. I I want to try it Uh, a bit more docked to see if it has that same issue, but um, it looks great. Uh, Plays smoothly enough that I I wasn't having issues with it. It's just adapting from keyboard and mouse to controller and there's so much to unlock. (laughs) Um, There's something like 10 or... You only get one character to start off with and then there's like another 10 or so to unlock and there's dozens, if not hundreds, of items to unlock as well.
0: Nice. Sounds interesting. Um, Yeah, definitely one I'll... uh i'll keep an eye out for is the first one on switch do we know or is or is that not
1: i think it is the main difference is the first risk and rain is a side-scrolling game mm-hmm. and this is like a 3d adaption of that game that it, yeah it, it's almost like a whole new genre mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's the uh, the art style that got me in when they they showed it off on a uh, i think it was an indies direct rather than a, a full-blown direct I think so. Uh,
2: Andrew, you ever played this one? I grabbed it on Switch when it first came out. Uh, They did a weird thing where they released it physically on Switch when it was still in early access on Steam. Don't know how they got away with that, but they did it. Wow. Yeah, and um, (laughs) the game just felt barren when I started it. Like I I even said in our end of episode that I was going to be playing it in the coming episode, and then I just didn't even mention it in the coming episode because there was just... A whole lot of nothing there but that was when the game was still in early access they were still at the beginning of their their roadmap i'm sure it's a lot better now i should really give it another look
1: yeah the, it, it does feel like a little bit of a trickle to begin with uh, there's a lot of items that i just took for granted of having from the um, when i played on pc on then moved to switch but um the the achievements are done in such a way that it will just unlock them without really knowing that they exist and then you start going for the more specific ones
0: yeah for me i think i want an en- an ending of some form um yeah, yeah. The, the kind of endless uh roguelike thing puts me off a little bit but if they've patched in an ending be interesting to see how that triggers
1: i know of two there's like a boss fight now um but before that there was a thing where you could there was a, a particular room that you could get to like an, it had an obelisk in it and you could obliterate yourself from existence on it and that would end a run naturally
0: (laughs) but yeah you definitely recommend it uh you've probably talked it up enough andrew will give it another go at some point yeah i'll I'll keep an eye out
1: worth mentioning as well multiplayer i've been playing solo but there is multiplayer
0: interesting that's a that's a feature i'll ignore Um,
2: (laughs) you may not uh, because it's pretty hard and having other people helps. (laughs) And that was another problem I had when I was playing when it first came out, is there was nobody playing it. So hopefully that has changed as well.
0: If not, I'm sure you can rope Torian for a couple of rounds. Oh, hell yeah. I'm down. Cool. So the uh, last thing we're going to talk about this week is, of course, uh, new Pokémon Snap, something like uh, over 20 years ago, the original launched on, on N64, and, you know, it's portrayed as a you know like a, a photo snapping game you take photos of pokemon in their natural environment which of course you do but what it actually is is an unreal shooter in the vein of <laughs> house of the dead you're just watching uh, you're swapping uh, bullets for photo film yeah andrew you you had a point about uh, school shootings <laughs> take a dark turn mate. just for fun just
2: to just to set The era that the first Pokemon Snap came out in, that was when uh, Columbine had just happened here in the United States, and, you know, without getting into it, gun violence was an everyday part of our lives, but it wasn't quite in the terrifying way it's an everyday part of our lives today. And Mm. there was a bit of a backlash about toy guns at the time, because, you know, everything that was going on was getting blamed on video games, even though there was absolutely no evidence that that was happening, and now they've done studies and shown, oh, that was not a thing. Surprise, surprise. But I, I distinctly remember... And people still ignore it. Yeah. There's always old dudes out wanting to blame it on video games. But uh, this, uh, I actually went to a store one day and uh, my brother had a Dreamcast and I wanted to get him House of the Dead because we both played that at the arcade and we really liked it. And the store had the House of the Dead. They did not have the light guns. And the clerk specifically told me it was because they didn't want to deal with parents complaining about guns being sold as toys which is you know funny because duck hunt was out on the nes 15 years prior and was a a big hit and it was all about (laughs) shooting guns at your tv (laughs) Uh, so then nintendo comes along with pokemon snap which is an on-rail shooter but it's not a gun it's a camera so i I just think that kind of shows what what nintendo is good at they're they're recontextualizing a popular genre like with splatoon where the splatoon is a shooter but arguably the point is more to shoot at the terrain than in- instead of other players although actually mm-hmm. shooting other players is just as viable but the argument is there for people who want to make a fuss about nintendo making a shooter is actually you're shooting at the ground not at other players so <laughs> it's not quite as as slick a sidestep as splatoon is because it is a more direct non-violent on-rail shooter but i just thought that would be something interesting to point out about the zeitgeist that the first pokemon snap was released into
0: uh also they did allow mario to to shoot things uh in ubisoft's kingdom battle but of course they they allowed that because the uh, rabbits are annoying and no one minds them dying and so and there was also that uh, yoshi safari
2: (laughs) game on super nes that i just remembered exists
0: i didn't even know that existed
2: oh it's a super scope game on super nes
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah so now let's take it back to to light now so the, this is a new version of the original uh it is an on on rails uh game still you get sent through various environments in and basically a little uh jurassic world style sphere taking photos of the pokemon which you'll then get uh scored on uh based on how you know dynamic they are how uh in focus your subject is there there's a lot of things you can do you can scan the environment for uh like habitats or special flowers which we'll get into soon uh you can throw fruit at, uh pokemon to try and grab their attention some don't care uh then there's uh illumina orbs which uh if you throw it at a a flower at nighttime at the the right flower at nighttime it'll light up the whole area if you throw it at pokemon it'll give them this uh, illuminescence effect which uh, will help you get better scores for your photographs just for context i own pokemon snap uh on n64 uh but i never played it back in the heyday i've played like five minutes of it when testing the cartridge when i when i when i bought it so i don't really have much to compare it to did you play the original andrew
2: many 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 times because it's like a three hour game so (laughs) when uh, back (laughs) in the days when i didn't have many games to beat i would just replay pokemon snap every couple weeks (laughs) i could probably still do it with my eyes closed
0: (laughs) what i am enjoying about it is just how relaxed it is just the the process of being transported through these environments to yeah, you know it's, it's just a nice uh chilled out experience compared to a lot a lot of other stuff uh that we get in video games these days but uh, i remember i know you weren't too keen on it being a, a rails thing again and uh i think the rails thing is my only complaint but it's a very specific angle that my complaint is from I feel like the on rails thing limits how different your photography can be to other players mm-hmm. which is yeah which is definitely a criticism when you when your game is focused entirely on photography so and ev- uh,
2: everything is scripted everything in this game is scripted so every time you play mm-hmm. the level it's going to be the exact same stuff and this game on Nintendo 64 was a technological marvel so I we were more tempted to give it a pass back then Technology's advanced now we're we're capable of more so like my problem with sword and shield was it's the same game pokemon has always been my problem with new pokemon snap just right up front before we really get started here is pokemon snap again i was like do something <laughs> new please god's sake
0: <laughs> but uh, i mean there, there is the uh level level ups so the more you play a level you'll uh Get XP based on the the photos that you take. And then when you get up a level, you'll play through the same thing, but different events will happen. I believe there's uh, four levels for each stage, which, you know, it does help vary it up a bit. But yeah, it would be cool if it was a bit more dynamic. And yeah, so actually before we get into, you know, the full depth stuff, just going to criticize this game off the bat. Three minutes in, there's a deadeneh. In the background, in the professor's lab. Still haven't been able to take a photo of one in the wild. What the hell, guys? It's just, it's a Pokemon tease. <laughs> Please, Tor- Tori, I feel like you're the furthest out of all of us.
1: Um, You can unlock the research camp as a photography site. Okay, so you're telling so, me
0: the DNA is not in the wild?
1: Not in the wild, but you can still take photos of it in the camp. All of the Pokemon that you see around the lab will be subjects in that uh, area
0: god damn it other things that i'm having uh weird issues with is i will take a pokemon of say an anorak through 15 trees where you can only see a square of red and get a four star picture for it but then take a close-up perfectly centered uh, photo of the same thing on the floor and get one star can you help me out with that one
1: no (laughs) that's not how stars work oh yeah the stars no but the um the
2: ranking Mm -hmm. are you talking about the number of stars you're getting for the picture or are you talking about the bronze silver gold diamond ranking handy no the number of stars okay that that is not what that means okay
1: the star is like your um the activity that they're doing
0: oh okay
1: so if they're eating it's generally two stars if they're like interacting with the world like um, there's one in the jungle level where Quagsire jumps into the waterfall. That's uh, a four star okay. pick. Yeah, I got I got that one. Yeah. Uh, so there's a whole puzzle dimensions
2: of ah, you need to find right. out how to get four. Like they're they're given different one through four stars, but what it's really doing is just four different kind of categories, and neither of them is more important than any of the other. And to completely fill out your photo decks, you need to get all four. Mm-hmm pictures for every kind of pokemon in the game so in terms of content over the original game where it was just one picture for each pokemon and there was only like 65 in the entire game there's a lot more to do in this game i will give it credit for that
0: Uh, and that makes more sense with the request system now
1: yeah the request system's kind of hinting at Mm -hmm. how to get these three and four star picks
0: uh which is how i got the uh quagmire doing a a dive bomb
1: (laughs) Quagmire, giggity (laughs)
0: no quagsire yeah yeah (laughs) thanks for that (laughs) have enough of your glibness Tori. uh Uh, yeah so okay well back on to the description so each time you beat a stage you will uh unlock the night version as well i think you have have to get the second level do you to unlock the night one generally you have to
1: get it to level two in yeah. day to unlock night uh, yeah. there are some exceptions but generally yes
0: yeah okay um and the nighttime one of course brings out different pokemon has different ones that are active some that might be asleep during the day might be awake at night and um, that's a nice uh, dynamic um but it's more of the same and um, sometimes they will take you through different paths through the same area uh so the thinking of the first one where it actually takes you into the water uh that that was a nice surprise um and then you get uh illumina stages so a large part of the story in this one is there are these uh illuminate areas which the professor's wanting to look into uh and that brings out i guess it's kind of like basically shiny pokemon for this one uh they'll be glowing because of something happening in the area uh i w- won't go fully into that but uh yeah uh, you I'd consider
1: the more boss fights
0: Yeah, kind of, without fighting.
1: Uh, Boss photo shoots. Boss photo shoots. I say fights because some of the... uh, So I've done four of them now. Mm -hmm. They get progressively harder because the professor won't accept any photos of them not in the Illumina state. Mm. So there are some conditions that you have to do to get them to actually glow.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm just partway through the volcanic... Stage at the moment, just trying to get that up to level two.
1: Yeah. And then there
0: are resnaps. Uh, Tori, you want to cover that one?
1: Yes. So, resnaps, after you complete a level, you can save photos to your album. Um, if you're anything like me, you'll be like just a little bit uncentered in a photo. You might want to save it for like social media or printing out or what have you. So, you have to kind of just uh, like nudge the frame so that the Pokemon's fully in frame. Uh, you can adjust the zoom level and your depth of field and all of that, and then save it to your album. You can't use these resnapped photos for scores. Um, The scoring is only in-the-moment photos. This is just more for personal use. But there is also, from your album, you can add stuff like frames, filters, stickers, and upload those um, online. So I've seen a, a couple of people get confused about which one's which um resnaps are uh, immediately after a level you can't resnap a photo once you leave that screen everything else is more for the social side the mm-hmm. online side
0: aka the side I probably won't engage with
1: It's fun to upload your photos um you can view other people's photos as well and their captions um there's a, a like system called sweets you can sweet a photo Um, there's also online leaderboards for, um, worldwide and you can sort by language instead of region. Uh, and there's also a friends, uh, leaderboard. And I find that this is the best way to find your friends pages and you can look at their uploaded photos and their favorites and the like.
0: I don't really have anything to add to that (laughs) because
1: friends, um, I've been having fun with it. it. It's Everyone's going to get something different out of this game, and having that social element, I think, is good. But I don't like how they've added a competitive element to it.
0: Uh, I feel like the um, the stickers thing is, you know, and the filters is better for that that stuff. Um, But still, again, doesn't get away from that thing of you know, with everything being scripted, everyone's photos are going to end up quite similar. So yeah, that that is definitely a downside um but in terms of the you know the actual process of going through the levels and looking for pokemon and finding the secrets as well like the uh, the pokemon that are sleeping uh, with other creatures or sorry that sounded wrong um
2: <laughs> hot skiddy on waylord action <laughs>
0: <laughs> or uh you know score bunny sort of tearing around on the periphery of your vision just annoying everyone um yes. like that sort of stuff is really fun to find um uh, pro tip: change change the camera sensitivity all the way up because uh, it'll help you when you have to do uh, scans to find uh, items of interest and you can turn to them much quicker. That's a thing. Uh, Andrew, anything you want to add at this point?
2: Not especially. I mean, I, I played the original game and this just feels like more of the original game. Mm-hmm. And not to repeat my rant from last time, but I just I expect more from Game Freak and I expect more from Pokemon and they are not delivering and I am getting really really <laughs> disappointed with them
0: uh, when I first booted it up I was like so you take the photos of the creatures uh, then you harvest their bits to make armor right <laughs> <laughs> nope one <wrong> game um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, so I, I feel like it's it's one of those uh, situations we've talked about this before with the core Pokemon games where I think the majority of people that were crying for snap to come back uh, this is what they wanted. But also, you know, twenty twenty one, they they could, uh, you know, innovate as well while doing it. So I, I, there's a fine balance, and it's one of those uh, franchises where you're never gonna please all of the people all of the time. But you know, like like that said, it's it's for me, it's not the sort of game that, um, you know, it's not blowing me away. Uh, I doubt it'll be something that's in contention for like end of year conversation. Um, I can't think of a single element that I would, uh, you know, put it forward for for something like that. But then, equally, I'm having a fun time just playing through the levels, and that that's nice. And that might just be enough. Yeah, Tori, you're you're the furthest. How how uh,
2: are you feeling?
1: I'm actually getting to a point where it's starting to feel grindy, and mm-hmm. it shouldn't. I'm already um.
2: at that point, and I only have two levels unlocked. <laughs> well,
0: actually, this is a whole this is a thing, isn't it? Because the progression is very unclear for hitting the story events and it basically comes down to if you get stuck just replay all the levels again until something new comes up
1: when you're on the screen um before going on research sometimes some of the characters will give you a hint of what what to do specifically Mm -hmm. but the general formula is unlock the day course unlock the night course take a photo of the crystal bloom when it's lighting up at night Mm -hmm. and that'll give you the orbs and that'll open up more opportunities because those orbs can kind of make pokemon do different things than mm-hmm. usual but it is just replaying the course over and over trying to get the best photos to increase the score and sometimes the course will have that illumina stage and completing that will kind of unlock more uh, levels again
0: yeah uh so i at that thing where this is probably going to be one where I'll, I'll just play through the story element and i'll enjoy it but then i will probably never think about it ever again uh, yeah that's where i am but yeah it does feel quite grindy already yeah uh so aside from the game let's talk about the instax uh, mini link printer uh, of course there is a uh, pikachu uh, bundle coming with one of those in t- towards the end of may i think and it's just a standard instax mini link printer but with a uh, pikachu case and it comes with some stickers and some other Pokemon-related paraphernalia. Uh, now, Tori, did you already have the printer?
1: I got the printer when they made the announcement. Nice. Um, so basically, the printer works in the Instax uh, product line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a instant film. Think Polaroid, but Polaroid is a um, trademark term. Mm-hmm. Um, so what this printer does, it connects to your phone via Bluetooth and it prints instant film from your smartphone uh, camera roll. Mm-hmm. And they've released an app that um, will instantly transfer screenshots over from the Switch onto the phone for you to print and reframe. And they've added a couple of uh, Pokemon-specific frames and stickers and stuff that you can add onto it while you print.
0: Oh, wait, this has a special app. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Uh, So I think I talked about this when the feature first came out, but (laughs) the transferring to your smartphone feature on the Switch... Doesn't work that well on Android.
0: Yeah, I, w- I was I was I've I've got iPhone and I was doing the you know the screenshot transfer, but I was just mm. using the normal app. I didn't know there was a special Pokemon app.
1: Uh, what the special app does, it just loads it straight into the frame. You don't have to look through your album or your Id- uh, images on your phone. It just drops it straight in. Okay. Uh, on Android, the way it worked is so basically the switch has two QR codes. The first one connects your phone to the switch via Wi-Fi, and the second one's meant to kind of reach a sort of web server on the um, switch to transfer the uh, images over. But my phone went, hey, this Wi-Fi connection doesn't have internet, so I'm not going to use it. And it was trying to access basically the root folder of, I guess, Telstra. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it just defaulted to mobile data, so I had to turn mobile data every time off every time I wanted to transfer images over. And this app doesn't really deal with that. Um, the app basically just opens the scanner, and then you just scan one QR code, hit connect, scan the second one. Your items in the frame, the images in the frame. It's that easy. And you can do multiple. You can do the the video frame option where you can take a video. And uh, choose a specific frame you want to print It's worth mentioning that this isn't exclusive to Pokemon Snap It'll work on any Switch capture mm-hmm. uh, It's definitely coming out now for Pokemon Snap uh, There's a, like an app theme for Pokemon Snap specifically But they also have Animal Crossing and Mario like, like people are printing out pictures of Mario So it's worth mentioning that this is instant film So it's not going to look as pretty as printing out like an inkjet Or Mm-mm. printing out photos that on a proper photo paper, it is going to look a little bit washed out, a little bit vintage. Personally, I like the the added charm to that, but I've found that tweaking the the contrast and the saturation of an image kind of adds to a a bit more dynamic range in these photos. Uh, If you just print out as is, if it's a daytime photo, it's sometimes removing detail from the Pokemon because it's so white.
0: I bought this... Uh, instax printer on friday um my uh it, you know just to, in case the pokemon thing was was rubbish which is not it's kind of pointless but it's kind of fun was worst case i could print off some pictures of my derpy cats so you know it didn't feel like such a big risk because it's just a you know it's, it's a novelty novelty thing um yeah, yeah so uh, I, I mean we've kind of already covered the verdict uh so i'm glad it exists i'm enjoying it but it, i'll probably never think about it again Uh, Tori, you'll be coming to the end of it soon, I guess? I think so.
1: I don't know how many more levels there are, but the map is pretty filled out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Andrew, you just think it's
0: uh, not interesting because it's more of the same.
2: It's fine. Uh, (laughs) I'm probably going to finish it and then think nothing more of it ever again. (laughs) Yeah. getting all four different star-rated pictures. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have the patience to figure out how to do that with every Pokemon and every map, and I'm already sick of replaying the first two levels over and over again, trying to make progress.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just going to, you know, whatever photos I take, I take. If I need to take more to progress, I will, but yeah, that, that's where I am with that. Um, I was thinking, though, as I was playing it, as, you know, you're in the sphere and you're going through Make a Pokemon Park Builder, i want jurassic world but in a pokemon theme skin that'd be cool Uh like, you can make it easy for the kiddies that's fine i'd I'd be happy with a, a an easy chilled out part builder but uh yeah i i feel like that would be a really good uh mix of franchise and genre
2: well like you said earlier I, i'd play a pokemon monster hunter i mean hmm. final fantasy already did that with final fantasy explorers I, i'd do a pokemon version of that why not yeah let's do it
0: <laughs> whose uncle works at nintendo again
2: Maybe that's what Pokemon Arceus will be. That'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, So that's, that. that's uh, Pokemon Snap. Uh, good, but probably underwhelming. Okay, folks, what are we playing in the coming week? Uh, Tori, we'll start with
1: you. Hopefully this week, if my friend is actually free, <laughs> we'll finally be starting Resident Evil Revelations 2. Mm. I was meant to do that two weeks ago, but stuff came up. Um, but I'm also playing Resident Evil 6 with another friend I'm trying it again <laughs> I'm having a better time of it this time Starting with Leon's story um, All in preparation for Resident Evil 8 coming out at the end of the week Which, obviously, not on Switch
0: Oh, it's out this week Damn, I haven't budgeted for it
1: Yeah, right? It kind of came out of nowhere
0: Yeah
2: You know none of the Resident Evil games really have anything to do with each other anymore, right?
0: Yeah, it's a fun
2: ride Just still a weird thing to prepare for <laughs> <laughs> It's just setting yourself up for disappointment,
0: I think <laughs> I, I mean, it's more of a continuation Because it's got the same main character Than any of the previous ones have
1: I, I think playing 7 is a good preparation for 8 mm-hmm. I But agree. 7 I does feel that. like a new yeah. era
0: but, Tori, are you going to play the original originals? No Oh, huh, those are the good ones
1: <laughs> You should Maybe one day um, I really want to play the uh, Fatal Frame games first, though
2: Mm-hmm. When are you going like, to play Sweet Home? Is the thing we really need to know. Sweet Home. Yeah, Google it. I- <laughs> Google it right now. Uh, I I
0: would love a original trilogy Resident Evil remaster on Switch triple pack. Yeah, like that. That everyone complains about the tank controls in the originals, but I I can I can still beat the first one like back of my hand it's so good
2: people complain too much i would like the chronicles games on switch that would be cool Mm, yes that that would be a very good fit
0: cool anyway sorry we're we're digressing Uh, andrew what are you going to be playing uh
2: there's a skateboarding game coming out this week an indie one called skate city if it gets good reviews i'm gonna grab it
0: nice is this the one that looks like a spiritual successor to skate that they started making because they wouldn't
2: make skate it looks like it, um, but all the trailers I'm seeing for it, everything is a fixed camera angle, and I don't know if that's mm. how the game is actually played, or if it, that's just a stylistic thing for the marketing. Uh, kind of confusing, so <laughs> that's why I'm waiting for reviews to come out.
0: Uh, the next skate games I'm waiting for are Tony Hawk's and Skatebird.
2: Yeah, Tony Hawk 1 Plus 2 is supposed to be out on Switch this year, and yeah, that is going to be a good time when it launches
0: uh and honestly i have no no idea what i'm going to play so it's going to be continuing of stuff that i'm already playing and maybe something from the backlog but we'll find out next week
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of End focus If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, it really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify and other podcast services. Make sure to also check out our sister shows PlayState for PlayStation and Power of X for Xbox. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively GamePodular community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook and at GamePodular.com for updates, news and other content. Links for all of these are in our show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular Patreon. The details for both of these are on our website. Thanks in advance. This episode was edited by Andy, and you can follow him at Flame Roast Toast on Twitter. Andrew at PlayCritically, and check out his long-form reviews at PlayCritically.com. And myself at Stew2, that's S-T-W-T-W-O.